0: Welcome to The Torch, a podcast with Brian Gibbs presenting biblical insights and prophetic perspectives for cultural and current events in this hour, contending for personal revival, national awakening, and generational reformation. Produced by Victory, a church of his presence, and Light the Fire Ministries coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. Thank you for joining us. Friends, welcome to The Torch. Are you there? Are you out there? Are you listening? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this podcast is hitting you, great to be with you. We are here, uh, Josiah and I are back in the studio. Uh, it's a beautiful morning, a crisp morning. Don't you like that word, crisp? It's crisp. No, we're not talking about bacon. We're just saying the weather is crisp. And I like my bacon crisps, too. Man, what's going to happen on this episode? We're talking about bacon already. We've just started. Okay, anyway, you're on the torch. This is Brian Gibbs. It is a crisp morning. Um, I've got a hot coffee here. Uh, to those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, I've got, it's not a it's not a pumpkin chai latte. I kind of wish it was, but I've got a nice piping hot of coffee here, a cup of coffee uh, Josiah made and uh full of hazelnut and uh we're ready to flow. We've been praying. Uh we've been having some joy. Um I know the Lord's going to move through this episode. It's going to be a great day. Um so uh before we pray, let me grab hold on say. Let me uh let me uh so so has anybody out there heard and for those of you that are listening, I am holding a bobblehead of a guy named I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Donald uh Tr- Trump, that's it, Trump. Uh, somebody uh, made a little announcement uh, just a few days ago. I know I know. there's probably those of you out there that are clapping right now. So as bobblehead is going, those of you that are listening here, and uh, I, I heard this morning that the orange man is back. They tried to put him in a peach twice, but it didn't work. So <laughs> why is that so funny to me? I don't know. Anyway, somebody made a special announcement. And, uh, yeah. So here's, maybe it's the good news for you today. This episode is not going to be about his announcement. Uh, we love him. We're praying for him. We bless him. And I sincerely mean that, but we're going to look to the word. We're going to go to the word today. And some of you are like, Oh, thank God. He's going to go to the word. Well, that's what we do here on the torch. Uh, and in all seriousness, we, we, we do always go to look On the landscape of what's happening in our culture, in our society, and look really for a prophetic uh, perspective. And what do I mean by that? What is God saying? When I say prophetic, I mean, what is God saying? What are we discerning? What are we seeing in this hour? And so uh, we always try to do that. But um, in the next few moments, I want to talk to you about the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to prayer, and uh, I don't know if it's the coffee. I'm I'm fired up. Hold on, I'm gonna get another quick sip here. I'm fired up. I I feel uh, we've had some joy in the office in the studio today, and uh, I'm revved up. My my son was asking me just just concerning um, did I ever see myself doing podcast, and I and I guess for many many years I never ever did. Uh, but so glad uh, that we launched into this and thankful for um, really the reach that this has gone to throughout our country and even in other nations, um, humbling um, and thankful. And uh, again, um, I try to say this periodically um, because it's it's the truth. We're I'm not here pointing people to me. I'm not here to point people to my face. I'm not even here to point people uh, necessarily to our ministry. I'm here pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is about completely. And so um, that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to have an excellent time. Uh, we're four minutes deep, and I'm still trying to just get rolling. So let's let's do this. Lord, again, we just thank. Thank you for a gorgeous day. Thank you for here in Florida. Thank you for the beautiful temps. Thank you for the crisp weather, Lord. But above all, thank you for your beautiful presence. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning. God, you are upon us. You are with us. You're flowing through us. Thank you for every friend out there. Thank you for every partner. Thank you for every leader. Thank you for every mom, whether you're a pastor or you're a leader, you're an intercessor, a, a gatekeeper, whoever you are out there, I just, re- I just speak refreshing over your life in the name of Jesus. I speak fresh oil from the anointing of the Holy Spirit today upon you. Lord, flow through this broadcast. Use this episode to your glory. And Lord, I ask that you would speak through me today. You would use me as a messenger And you would use me today, Lord, to encourage your people, to build your people, to point to your word. And Lord, let us be steadfast and let us be anchored in the word of the Lord. Let us be immovable. Let us be unshakable, unstoppable, unquenchable, and all the other uns. (laughs) Lord, we thank you. We bless you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Man, I'm feeling squirrely. I don't know what it is. I, this, is this is Johnny from G- WKRP in Cincinnati. You're welcome. Okay, some of you are going to know what that is. Some of you are so young, you're going to be like, what just happened to Brian? Some of you are laughing right now. And so, uh, anyway, let's do it. <laughs> WKRP in Cincinnati, I don't know what just happened. I need another sip of coffee. We're going to go right to it. Hold on a second. Okay. It's a great day. God is good. It is a great day. You may be hearing that, and maybe, man, maybe that's just rocking you right now. There, it, you, You're like, Brian, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much going on in the nations, and, you know, Russia, Ukraine, Poland, missiles, uh, uh, <laughs> wars and rumors of wars. I mean, what are the odds? Hello, right? China, uh, Taiwan, our country. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm always immersed in this stuff, but above all things, I want to be fully immersed in the Lord and in his word and just saturated in his presence. It's still a great day. God is good. Life is good. We don't worship, <clears throat> we don't worship God because life is good. We worship God because he is good. Amen? Can I get a witness out there? All right, let's do it. Psalm 99 and verse 6. I want to read this out of the Passion. This is where we're going to begin today. I want to talk to you for the next few moments (laughs) about the burden of the Lord. Listen to these words. Psalm 99, verse 6. I'm in the Passion translation. I'm going to use a bunch of different translations today as we we kind of navigate and the winds begin to blow in this episode and uh, that the Holy Spirit will lead us. God has his praying priest like Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, who all interceded, asking God for help. God heard their cries and came to their rescue. Let me read it again. God has his praying priest like Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, who all interceded, asking God for help. God heard their cries And came to their rescue. Wow, this is this is so good. I want you to grab hold of this. God has his praying priest. I want to ask you from the very beginning as we begin to just set into this word. Are you a praying priest? Are you a praying priest? We must be a praying people. Come on. We cannot be people that are just out there that are a bunch of talking heads that have no prayer in the, in the foundation set in place of everything that we are. Let me say that again. We can't just be out there just being a bunch of talking heads. We've got to have prayer undergirding prayer has to be in the foundation prayers of faith too. Let me say that. And I say prayers of faith because faith is what makes prayer work. All right. Prayer doesn't make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. Let me say that again. Faith is what makes prayer work. Prayer is not what makes faith work. Now, you may be listening or or you're watching today, and you may think, man, Brian's really splitting hairs on that. Of course, they work in tandem. Faith and prayer obviously works in tandem together, but faith comes first. Say that today. Faith comes first. And, of course, we know um, Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by what? By love. Faith works by love. So God has His praying priest, okay? I am a praying priest that makes intercession. I want you to make that declaration over your life as an intercessor, as a man of God, as a woman of God. I am a praying priest. I make intercession. Come on, how about you? God has His praying priest. Those that are today making intercession with the Lord today. I'm going to reference Jeremiah chapter 27 verse 18 and this is where jeremiah is calling out the weak and pillow prophets the false prophets and he's saying but if you are prophets this is jeremiah 27 verse 18 if you are prophets and if the word of the lord is with them then let them make intercession to the lord of host and he goes on he's saying look if you're really prophets then you need to be people of intercession Okay, that's going before the Lord on the behalf of our nation. I say that to you today. We have to be praying priest. Amen. This is who we are. All right. First Peter chapter two and verse nine, it says you are a chosen generation. You are who you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special possession that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you. Who are we? we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation, but we are also a royal priesthood. I'm speaking today, those of you watching, those of you listening, I'm speaking directly to your identity today as a priest before God. We don't have to go to some church and sit in a wooden box and talk to a guy that's behind the grid to our priest. We have a high priest, amen. That's Hebrews 4:14. 4, uh, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Revelation 1:5 uh, and 6. It says, To him who has loved us and washed us from our sins by his own blood, he has made us both kings and priests. To his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever. What am I speaking about? I'm speaking to your, your identity. God has made you both a king and he's made you a priest. He's made us royal, a royal priesthood. Now back to the front of this thing, back to this beginning scripture, Psalm 99, verse 6. God has his praying peace, priest, <laughs> praying priest. There we go. Keep it Biblical. Like Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, who all interceded, asking God for help. God heard their cries, and he came to their rescue. I love that. God has his praying priest. Are you one of them? I want to ask you today, are you a praying priest? And let's go deeper on this. Because concerning the praying priest and concerning intercession... The cry of intercession to God that comes from you is going to be according to the weight of the burden that grieves you. Now, let me say that again. The cry of intercession to God that comes from you is according to the weight of the burden that grieves you. You see, Jeremiah, the prophet, was an ordinary man until he himself encountered the burden of the Lord. Let me take it a step further until Jeremiah encountered the weeping God. When he encountered the nature and the character of the weeping God, he he encountered the burden of the Lord. Jeremiah was transformed from an ordinary man to the weeping prophet because the weeping prophet was transformed by the weeping God. How does that happen? The burden of the Lord comes on a man. The burden of the Lord comes on a woman. Be that man, whoever you are listening to me, watching me today. Listen, be that man that pursues a living encounter with God so that you would say, God, I care about your heart. I care about what burdens you. I care about what grieves you. We're going to go deeper into that. But listen to this. Jeremiah was an ordinary man until he encountered The burden of the Lord that came from the weeping God. And I wonder, honestly, I wonder if we can really be burdened by the Lord's heart for more than just a day or two days in such a superficial church world, such a superficial church culture in this time. Real God encounters is what leads to a life of intercession. Ongoing, burning intercession. Real God encounters lead to communion. And friendship with God and in friendship with God where where God lays his heart upon your heart where God causes you to begin to feel his feelings and to feel his emotions or feel God's own pain uh, that may surprise some of you that, that God has feelings he does that God would be pained over something that that God has emotions. Let me, let me ask you a question today. Can God trouble you? Can God trouble you for your city? Can God trouble you for your community? Does God have permission to trouble you or touch you with his heart for your own city or for your own region or that part of the nation? Can God burden you or trouble you for America? Can God burden you for the children of America right now? Or, or as believers or as Christians, d- do we just want to go on living a life that's so uh, insulated from the burden of the Lord or from the calling of the Lord? And many people are there, even because of weariness, because of the, the fatigue of the battle that so many are in, ha- have been engaged in in these last, let's just say, decade. That's been so wildly intense okay can God still burden you can God speak to you about his heart I I just I, personally I saw this just days ago here in Sarasota County in the city of Venice uh, which is less than less than a half an hour away from where I'm seated right now they had a uh, they had a gay pride festival where there was just unbelievable flaunting, um, right outside, right outside in, in a, in a public park where everybody could see it. Um, vile dancing, uh, prideful prancing and just sexual debauchery. They were releasing right in front of little bitty children, teenagers. I mean, parents bringing their children to this event. I mean, it literally breaks my heart, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to say today, this cannot, this cannot be the new normal for America. This is why we need a sweeping move of God in our states and in our nation to cleanse us from all of this filth and this immorality. And uh, what is even more deplorable in what happened in Venice just days ago, is that there were churches that backed this event. That should take your breath away. Yeah. And I want to say today, you know, I'm talking about things regionally, obviously, but also national, because obviously this is everywhere you look. I'm thankful that the Sarasota County Republican Party, that they denounced this event of the LGBTQ Gay Festival. But where are the church leaders denouncing it? Where are they coming out to city uh, uh, council officials and saying, you know what? We are the ones that denounce this. We are the ones that forbid this in our community. We, We cannot allow this to continue. This cannot be happening. What am I saying? Are you going to allow the Lord to burden you for what's going on right here in our backyards? Where are you? I mean, you may be listening in Portland, Oregon right now. Are you going to allow are, are you going to get weary or just are just beaten down? Are you going to allow the Lord to burden you with his heart for your community, for the schools, for the children, for your cities, for that region? And are you going to stand up and be a voice for God? And I asked the question today, America, what what have we become? And, I, and I, I don't want to go into all of the descriptions of the debauchery of what, what happened down in Venice just days ago. It, it's sickening. It's deplorable. But I ask you today, guys, what, what have we become? America, you, you, Jeremiah said this, Jeremiah chapter uh, 8 and verse 12. And I ask the question today, uh, America has lost the ability to blush. That's what Jeremiah said to Israel. He said, you've literally lost the ability to blush. And what God's wanting to do, God is wanting his his sons and daughters to take a good look at this darkness. And he doesn't want us to turn our heads away from it. He wants us to keep looking until our eyes become rivers of tears. He wants us to keep looking until we are broken in the depths of our spirit we have to let this depravity break our hearts. Why? So that the wells of compassion that are within us can burst. Again, the weight of intercession that comes forth from you to God is determined by the weight of the burden that's upon you. And I ask you today, can you see this? Can, can you hear this? Can you hear the cry that's coming up out of our nation from the children right now can you smell the stench and the social decay the rot that is coming up out of the soul of America right now and our nation is lost in a gross cloud of deception a gross cloud of hopelessness and that's why it is our prayer here at the torch here at victory my our partners Light the fire partners throughout the country. I say, let a divine awakening of compassion shake us from our own reluctance, our own resistance to feel the pain and the agony of those that are lost in darkness right now. Come on, can I get an amen? America is under siege with such a scandalous a militant form of homosexuality that is demanding an audience with America's children. Think about that. And why? And why? And this flood of filth is everywhere. Now, let me stay on this subject for a little while. We're talking about the burden of the Lord. Let me just take a quick drink. We're talking about the burden of the Lord. And I'm talking to you, you know, obviously recently what's happened here with this gay festival. And uh, it's it's just it's right out in the open. I mean, we've got churches in our own region folding into this inclusiveness of letting homosexuals serve in the church. All all these things. Now let me be clear and let me be plain today. Okay, and let's go to the word: homosexuality is an illicit an illicit lust that is forbidden by God. He said to his people, Israel, he said, you shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. That's Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. An abomination means what? It means that which is vile. An abomination means that which is shameful, that which is detestable. The Bible also says that pride, uh, dishonest business practices, it says that lying uh, causing discord among the church is also uh, an abomination as well. According to the word of God, homosexuality is a perversion. It is an abomination. Now, I say according to the word of God, okay? Because that's what we stake our life upon, okay? Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, all scripture. I'm talking about the word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse 21 says, uh, for prophecy never came by the will of man. How did it come? It goes on. Peter says, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy spirit. So the word of God. Okay. It is by inspiration of God. So this, I'm not talking about my opinion. I'm talking about the Word of God. What does the Word of God have to say? The Bible says, <clears throat> and, and I know this is strong, and I know that this makes people uncomfortable, um, and, and I'm not trying to do it to make, I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm not trying to say it to make people uncomfortable. I'm trying to be a messenger of truth, and I'm trying to say what the Word says, okay? In the Bible, sodomy is a synonym with homosexuality. And God spoke plainly, listen, plainly on this matter. When he said, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 17, he said, uh, there shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite as in the sons of Israel. Now, why is that important? Because a whore and a sodomite are in the same category. Now, let me explain that, okay? A sodomite was not an inhabitant of Sodom. Let me say that again. When the scripture says a sodomite, it's not talking about an inhabitant of Sodom or a descendant um, uh, uh, of being an an inhabitant of the city of Sodom. When it refers to a sodomite, it's talking about a man who has given himself over to homosexuality and the unnatural vice of that which Sodom was known for and that was homosexuality. I want to say this again. This cannot be our new normal and we have to go to the word of the Lord to stand against this and say we we forbid this in our city. We forbid this in our county. We forbid this. Um let me go to Romans 1. Let me let me let me keep going in this. Romans 1, this may be familiar scripture to you, and I hope it is, but it may not be. I don't know for everybody in the audience. This, this goes out to thousands of people. For since the creation, I'm in verse 20, Romans 1 and 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power in Godhead So that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, and nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. It means it's simply saying instead of worshiping God, they just began to worship themselves and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. What's he saying? They just began to worship themselves and they began to worship creation rather than worshiping the creator. The apostle Paul goes on. And and, and how is he going on? Again, he's inspired by the God-breathed word of the Holy Spirit. The word I've just read to you, the Word of God, is in, it's the inspired Word of the Lord. So Paul goes on, he says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Strong words. Likewise also men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of, of their error for which is due and even as they did not want to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality wickedness covetousness uh, maliciousness full of envy murder strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to do the same, but also, here it is, approve of those who practice them. This, this militancy that we're seeing coming not just out of the closet, but out of the, out of the, the private places of homes or whatever and going right out to, into the streets flamboyant, so flamboyantly, going before our kids, going before our young people, God has given us grave, grave warning concerning this. Can we receive the burden of the Lord in this hour to be not only a watchman, but to be a voice for God, to say, God detests this, God loves people, but God hates sin. I'm going to say it again. God loves people, but God detests and hates this sin. Now, what I read to you was, I want to remind you, that was also New Testament, ladies and gentlemen. That was a word inspired by the Holy Spirit to Paul. And that's also New Testament, not just Old Testament. Now, homosexuality, let's keep going. It is is destructive. Homosexuality leads to bondage. We're seeing this hardcore in this country. It leads to bondage. It becomes toxic. It becomes destructive to a person's physical body. Homosexuality, it it decays an an individual's soul. It leaves them calloused. It leaves them seared. It, It leaves them numb. Those in its grasp, they're bound by a life of perversion. That's what it is. It's a perversion. It's an abomination. And we see this everywhere. America's conscience has become so calloused that we can hardly blush about these things. I want to say again to all of us, our bodies are precious and holy to God. You were fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of our creator. Our bodies are precious to God. Our bodies are not to be sexually abused. God made our bodies to be sexually wonderful, compatible as a man and a woman in a holy union. God blessed sexual union in holy matrimony. He does not bless sex in fornication. He does not bless sex with men with men or women with women. <coughs> God bless a holy sexual union between a husband and and a wife. Can I get an amen today out there? Let me get a drink. He created our bodies to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. He created our bodies literally to be the abiding place of God's glory. That's powerful. You and I have now become the ark of the living God. We have become the ark of God's presence. That's why we're to guard over our bodies. You know the 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 acceleration from the sexual revolution. I mean, we when we when we look back at the '60s, you bo- you go back into the '50s, you you saw it growing, and then the explosion of the sexual revolution. Then what grew up in the '70s, the '80s, the '90s. What we see right now in this generation, I mean, it's it, it is unprecedented. We've never seen a generation in America and in the nation so bound by lust and pornography. There's the need of, of inner healing and deliverance is so crucial in this hour. It's needed everywhere. And I, I, I just remind us again, because everything that we do here concerning the torch is about revival a personal revival, national awakening, and generational reformation. And this is truly why we need an outpouring. This is why we must go on in personal revival. This is why we must have a national awakening, because God is desiring to cleanse this nation from its sexual vices, from its sexual sins, to come out from its darkness, to come out from its perversions. And and I know, folks, I know that this subject matter, this is hardcore stuff. And um, and frankly, uh, many times as we do, as we speak about these things, these are difficult things to talk about. I mean, from the pulpit or podcasting or, or anything, but we have to speak about it. It's the word of the Lord. Again, this goes back to the front of the train where we started this episode today. Can we be burdened by the Lord? Can the Lord burden you? Can the Lord burden you for our nation? Can the Lord burden you for your city? Can the Lord burden you for the children of the United States of America? Can the Lord burden you for government? Some of you, and and I I get so many letters, people who are are stepping forward into governmental places, so many people who are stepping up in leadership positions in their own cities, and regions because they've been encouraged to do so because I I've said this many times you don't have you don't have to have a pulpit uh be uh, or to be speaking in front of a uh, 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 behind a pulpit in a in a sanctuary to prove that you have a ministry there are very few people that are called to the church mountain specifically that are called to the fivefold to uh, of, of apostles and prophets pastors teachers evangelists but you don't have to have a pulpit in the sanctuary to prove that you have an anointing or that you have an a or you have a calling your calling is for the lord to give you an assignment in any sphere or realm of authority whether that be in the arts community whether that be in government you know so anyway back back to our subject here can we be burdened by the lord folks i I am so burdened by the Lord. What we are seeing, even here in our, in our own county, in our own region. We have to speak to this and we have to step forward and denounce this. And we have to speak speak that this will not become America's new normal. Are you still listening? Are you out there today? Jesus, brutal. Let me go here. Jesus' brutal and violent death reveals to us the worth of a soul, the worth of eternity for someone who can be eternally lost or eternally saved. The death of Jesus reveals to us the length that God would go in his love. For God so loved the world that he would give his only begotten son, the brutal death of Jesus on a cross shows us the length at which God is willing to go to to save a soul. It, it required the travailing sacrifice of Jesus' own body, his own blood, for Jesus to give a spiritual new birth to sons and daughters, to all that would believe. I want you to listen to these words. The writer of Hebrew, and I believe it's the Apostle Paul, The writer of Hebrews says this Hebrews chapter five, verse seven through nine. It says in the days of his flesh, speaking of Jesus, in the days of his flesh, when he when he had offered up prayers and supplications. Now, what is that? That's intercession. God had to have a priest that was a praying priest. Remember what we're talking about today, the burden of the Lord, the praying priest of the Lord. Listen to this. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, speaking of Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him did you feel that jesus was offering his own body prayers vehement cries and tears oh that god listen oh that god would break open within us the foundations of our compassion the deep love within us for lost souls in this hour let there be a divine shaking of compassion that causes all the walls of our reluctance, all the walls of our own resistance or or insulating our lives from feeling the pain and the agony of the lost in this hour. Let those walls come tumbling down right now in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit would so hit you this day with the burden of the Lord. Oh, God, may there be the burden of the Lord that rest on us, that, Lord, we would cling to to you, to know your heart, to feel your own pain for this nation, God, to feel your emotions, that we would be a friend of God, that would care about your heart, Lord, that we would truly care about your heart, your desires for this nation, oh, God. God, may we not be so just, just stuck in the vortex and the whirlwind of, of a political spirit or a political agenda, but God, may we feel the holy burnings of your heart towards people that are dying and lost in sins, God, in Jesus' name. Listen to these words by Charles Finney, the powerful revivalist evangelist from America's second great awakening. And we're about ready to wrap up in the next few minutes. I want you to stay with me. Hear these words. Finney said a true believer will labor zealously to bring others to Jesus Christ. They will feel grieved that others do not feel God's love when they love him so much and they will set themselves often with great emotions to persuade their neighbors to give him their hearts. They will be filled with a tender, burning love for souls. Finney goes on. He says they will have a longing desire for the salvation of the whole world. They will be in agony for individuals whom they want to have saved, their friends, their relations, even their enemies they will not only be urging them to give their lives to God, but they will carry with them, excuse me, they will carry them to God in their arms of faith and with strong crying and tears beseech God to have mercy on them and save their souls with endless burnings. Let me go on. Finney, Finney says, Finney writes, when the conduct of the wicked drives Christians to prayer and breaks them down, and makes them sorrowful and tender hearted, so that they can weep day and night instead of scolding and reproaching them, they pray earnestly for them. When their actions, both oppositions and apathy, drives Christians to their knees in prayer to God, with strong crying and tears, you can be certain there is going to be a revival. Man, those are powerful words, powerful words. and I believe those are born right out of the Spirit. Let me go back to Psalm 99, verse 6. God has His praying priest, like Moses, like Aaron, like Samuel, gosh, like Charles Finney. They all interceded, right? They asked God for help, and God heard their cries, and He came to their rescue. I want to close with this. Hebrews 7, 25. It says, Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who came to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. We have a high priest who is our great intercessor. And that is our Lord Jesus. And God has made us not only kings, but he has made us priests. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are priests before God. We are to be interceding for the heart and the very soul of our beloved America, for the nations of the earth, for Israel. Oh, my gosh. We are to be interceding. We are to be priests that pray, priests that intercede. Jeremiah said, if you be prophets, then make intercession on the behalf of the nation. And I say to you today, my friend, if you are a priest before God, then make intercession for America now, let the Lord burden you. Let him lay his heart upon you. Let, let him, let yourself feel. Lord, help me say this. Lord, help us to feel your heart and feel your pain and let your people receive it. And let us break open in intercession to call the generations back to you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, guys, um, I I really love you. I I feel fire in me today. Uh, I hope you've stayed all the way through this broadcast. I just feel fire in here today. I I feel the burden of the Lord. And I feel compassion for people. I, I feel such compassion. I feel burning righteousness in me too. People need the Lord. I remember that old song, people need the Lord. And may we feel that today. And and may we be a church, may we be a ministry that we burn with the Lord's compassions and that we we never forget people need the Lord. We see the debauchery in this country. We see the corruption. We see the insanity, the moral insanity that's going on. We got to recognize, folks, people need the Lord. Let's be a voice for God. Let's be a testament. Let's be a man that, that God can put on display as a witness and a testimony that God is alive. Let's be a woman of God, a man of God. Be the real deal. Be the real deal. Be consistent. Be a man that's worthy to be followed. Be a woman that's wo- worthy to be followed. In Jesus' name. Listen, so glad that you've made time to be with us today. Um, On the behalf of my wife and I, Victory, a church of his presence, and Light the Fire Ministries. Guys, we love you. We thank God for you. Thank you for praying for our ministry. Thank you for interceding for us, for our family, for this ministry. Thank you for praying for our miracle property, because it is coming. God has it for us It will manifest. The word of the Lord will manifest. God has a miracle campus and property for this ministry. Um, We're not too far away from a new year. We are stepping um, beyond the podcast into television here in Florida. Um, I'm going to be sharing more about that in soon coming episodes and what we're going to be doing in the Southwest Florida region. All of that requires finances. It requires money. And um, and even today, right now, I'm believing for the first $25,000 to help us launch in to the new year for all the recording of our episodes and beginning to go forward uh, for our region. And so whatever you do in partnering, guys, we celebrate $5, $10, $100, whatever. And I mean that, we celebrate it all. So Ask the Lord what He would have you to do. And again, I thank you for all your partnership, all your prayers, and we love you. And sincerely, we thank God for you. So uh, listen, until we meet again, remember this. The future does not belong to the God-haters. The future doesn't belong to the God-mockers. The future belongs to the righteous, and the righteous are bold as lions. Until I see you next time, guys, keep the fire burning.